And I remember I only, I got the call that I got accepted and I had practice two days after that and I had to move in the next day. So it was just like within three days, like my life really got like turned upside down. And I, like you know, I was back to being a collegiate athlete after being off for a semester. So it was definitely just a whirlwind and it was, it was a, a whirlwind of an experience and, you know, something I look back on now and just, I'm just really thankful for it that I made the decision to leave. Welcome to the Backyard Lacrosse Podcast, to where it all started, where we learned and perfected the game, where we would play from dawn until dusk, when all you had to play with were greasers, where you had to dig through prickers to find that greaser, where you fell in love with the game. Welcome to the Backyard. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number four of the Backyard Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host as always, Justin Gill. I would like to thank everybody for their continued support for this podcast. If you haven't subscribed as of yet, please do. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate your support. Now, my guest on this episode of the Backyard Lacrosse Podcast is a girls lacrosse high school All-American, an integral part of Syracuse women's lacrosse NCAA tournament teams her junior and senior years, and a 2017 Women's World Cup lacrosse silver medalist with Team Canada. Hailing from the hollow on the Cattaraugus Territory, number 24, Allie Jimerson. In her segment, we talk about where her backyard was at and how her introduction to the game came from her mom and dad. We talk about her journey starting from Seneca Girls Lacrosse to high school fame, then into her college career and being able to reach the international stage and achieving a silver medal. We talk about major changes that she made throughout her career and with the continued support of her family and confidence in herself, she was able to succeed. I really enjoyed having the opportunity to talk lacrosse, family, and perseverance with Allie because she has had quite the ride in her career. This podcast is an opportunity for our guests to talk about how their hard work starting in the backyard has helped them reach the heights in the lacrosse world, and Allie Jimerson is no different. So without further ado, I present episode four featuring Allie Jimerson. Okay, we are... Good to go. All right. Uh, just starting from the beginning, what are your first memories of the game of lacrosse? I remember like the first thing that ever reminded me or not reminded me, brought me back to lacrosse was my dad playing for the Newtown Golden Eagles and always sitting at the gilly to watch his games. I was my mom. I remember my mom always bringing me there and having to sit. And I remember thinking like the arena was so loud and everyone was so loud screaming and cheering, but it was such a you know good environment to be in. It just made me happy being there, whether that was like watching the game or playing with my, uh-huh. you know, running around with my friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember always being scared that my dad was going to get hurt and him telling yeah. me that, you know, that's the game. <laughs> you shouldn't care if I get hurt. And yeah, so, you know, just, you know, like, I'm okay. <laughs> Don't worry about me. So that was probably my first memories of the game was definitely at the Gilway. Where was your backyard uh, located at uh, when you were growing up? So I grew up in Taylor Hollow. I still live there. And okay. that's where my backyard was. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was kind of, you've been to house so you've yep. seen it but for like people who don't know it's definitely it's like on the side next to um fierce lacrosse and it's a you know big opening and i was very fortunate to have that backyard and it was just like a lot of room to mm-hmm. run around and you know shoot around as much as i wanted to so mm-hmm. very lucky to have that backyard 
Okay. So w- when you were growing up, who, uh, who else was playing with you in your backyard? You know, uh, siblings, cousins, uh, parents? Um, my mom, my dad, and my sister were the main ones who I was always playing with growing up. You know, we would always have games where we would play like two on two as Jill got older. And those games definitely turned into a little bit of a, it got, as we got older, got more competitive. And I remember this one time my mom, or it was me and my dad against my mom and Jalen and Mm -hmm. my mom and I were going for a ground ball and I checked her from behind and she went flying into (laughs) the net and she Uh got so, she got so mad at me. And I just, after that, I just felt super embarrassed and felt super bad for pushing her. And I just like dropped my stick and walked home and they were all mad because we ended the game. (laughs) So they get super competitive. No. Yeah. My dad, we always like say who's a backyard champ and my dad's always the one saying that he is. And, you know, I don't think so. Not anymore. (laughs) Okay, so you mentioned uh, your sister Jalen. How many years apart are you? We're four years apart. So, yes. okay, all right. And and how many uh, siblings total do you have? I have. I'm one of five. So there's five of us all together. And I have three sisters and one brother. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And the oldest of five. Okay, so moving on to. Uh, the year after you you get old enough um you you know you start learning the basics uh from your parents and, and you know practicing with your sister uh when did you start playing organized lacrosse so i started playing organized lacrosse when i was 7 years old i think is when they put us into seneca girls and that's how that whole mm-hmm. thing started okay uh so how many uh how many years total did you end up playing for uh seneca girls I think I played there for seven years. I about like or six or seven years, like thirteen or fourteen is when I start when I stopped playing for Seneca Girls. Okay, and can you, if you can explain, like the different levels of the different teams that that Seneca Girls has, and uh, you know what, like where else do they play? Yeah, so Seneca Girls eventually turned into first nations for a little bit now it's seneca girls again but um for a little bit there it kind of turned into a first nations traveling team and that team had girls from not just you know the cataragus reservation it had girls from all over so there was girls from six nations girls from tuscarora you know a lot of girls would play on this team and it was like an and that team kind of was who was going to be on the haudenosaunee u19 team that went to germany so it was kind of okay. like um, all of us having having all of us play together and then eventually like sending us off to go play for Team Haudenosaunee. So that's what eventually happened after Seneca Girls. But there was um, and during that time, there was a developmental team and then an elite team, basically just JV and varsity. And um, I was on the varsity team and we traveled to go to, you know, a lot of tournaments and we got to, you know, get it exposure from you know low level colleges but it was still like really cool being Mm -hmm. able to you know go there and play on an all-native team and you know just show them what we had at the time yeah definitely okay so that was kind of your first taste in uh kind of what the recruiting process was and kind of you know what what it looks like basically yeah yeah, exactly. So that it was it was cool because, you know, we got going to different tournaments. You just had 
before when you were younger, it was, you know, just like for fun. And then as you got older, it just became a little bit more serious. You know, um, nights before games, you had to go to sleep early. You had to get up early, have breakfast. And before it was just kind of like, oh, you know, stay with, stay in late with your friends. You get to stay in a hotel. Like that was the exciting part. But as you got older, it was, you know, more to get exposure from colleges and you had to take it more seriously. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you get through, um, you, you progress through Seneca girls, you, you're, you know, you, you, your skills get a little better and you get a little more confidence in yourself. Um, you are, are com- completing Seneca girls at age 14, correct? Yes. Okay. And then you move on to uh, the First Nations uh, elite travel team, correct? Which is still uh, a part yep. of Seneca Girls? Yes. Okay. And, and then uh, once you completed the uh, First Nations elite team, kind of what was your what was your next step in, uh, in your progression as a player and kind of what, what led you in that direction? So the next step, I looking back on it now, was when we went, so we went to the World Cup after that is that's like what I can remember. And I remember, you know, playing with all those girls on First Nations and then suddenly, you know, going to tryouts for Team Haudenosaunee as a, for the U19s that was going to Germany. And um, that was like the next step in the career. And I remember going to tryouts in Six Nations at the ILA. And, you know, it was, I was mm-hmm. one of the youngest on the team at the time. I, I think I was. I think it was only – 14 or 15 when I was, and I was one of the younger ones. So, you know, going there was definitely like intimidating seeing that like, or having a bunch of the girls who were playing. Cause I think at the time, like Vivian Curry was trying out Trenna Hill, who is an absolute stud at the time doing one-on-ones and playing against them. And they're blowing by you because you have like Bambi legs at the time. So, you know, like it was just very intimidating, but it was cool playing with all those high level players and, you know, high level indigenous players. So, that was kind of my first like neck like taste of like what was next for me and like what was to come. What was what was that like for you um, getting to play at the World Games and 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 seeing Team Canada and seeing seeing Team USA and and you know all the other world teams and and, and just the level of play. It was awesome. You know, I look back on it and I'm still the same way to this day when I see Team USA play. It's like mm-hmm. you see them and they're just, you know, so much bigger and stronger and faster. And it's just like watching them plays. It's just it's awesome. Like it's fun to watch them. You know what I mean? So um, going mm-hmm. there, like it was definitely a learning experience. I don't think that yeah, I think we came in like last, honestly, one of the last places. But it was an experience mm-hmm. I'll never forget. It was my first time, you know, traveling overseas, going to Germany was and my mm-hmm. first time like being away from my family for that long. So it was an ex- it was a different experience, yeah. and um, I always look back on it, and you know I loved it. And the girls that I played with, you know, I can't speak enough about them. After the end of the tournament, you know, they turned mm-hmm. into like my really close friends and like sisters. So we, you know, it was just it was really fun to be there, and it was a great experience. And I also think that that experience as a whole really shaped me into a player that you know, I didn't really recognize when I came back home and neither did my family. My family just, I remember coming back and my family was like, you know, you got better. Like you're quicker, you know, your hands are quicker, you know, your IQ's better. And I really don't know what like flipped in me, but I guess like playing against some of the best people in the world just, you know, really helped. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it just that, that, that idea of, you know, seeing better talent, uh, you know, kind of raises your own game. Yeah. And like, you know, cause before I was only playing, you know, 
kids and from Western New York, really. And so then going yeah. out, you know, going over there and seeing, you know, playing against the best people in the world for my age mm-hmm. or, you know, that division was just, it really helped me a lot and it gave me like a lot of great exposure. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, okay. So you get back from, um, U19 Worlds, uh, you're, you're, you're feeling more confident. Your, your, your skill levels is, is even higher. Uh, kind of what was your, what was your next step? Um, uh, you know, in your progression, um, following the world games. So when I came home and I started playing in, um, I think I was just playing in like a summer league and my mom started talking to me and said, you know, we should really start thinking of, you know, do you want to go to school and play lacrosse? And, you know, that's always been in the back of my head. Like I knew I've always wanted to go play lacrosse in college. And I think when I get back, got back from worlds, I just Mm -hmm. realized like, okay, like this is actually happening and I have to make this happen. So my first like step was to leave First Nations and or leave Seneca Girls and kind of going to a more organized club team that got a lot more exposure from colleges and like just stay, take that next step and re- getting recruited. So I joined mm-hmm. the Lady Rock team in Rochester and I was a sophomore at the time. And so I played with them for the summer and I was already kind of late to the recruiting game because, you know, I knew girls who were committed in like seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So and a lot of the classes that I wanted to, you know, or a lot of the colleges that I wanted to be a part of, their classes were already filled up for my year. Okay. So I really had to like get, you know, dial in and get into the recruiting game. Okay. So you, I'm glad you touched on that. So I, I if, if you'd be able to, um, from your knowledge, uh, kind of explain to maybe our uh, listeners who maybe aren't uh, um, fully versed in, in, in how the actual, the actual rec- recruiting process goes and, and how early it starts, which, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to start that early. I'm just, uh, you know, just to kind of give them an idea on when the, the usual process starts for, for girls playing girls across. So I think the process really starts when you're in, I would say like eighth grade probably is when you should really start getting on a team. If you really, if you really want to go to college and play lacrosse, like you should get it on a club team, you know, that mm-hmm. goes to, you know, tournaments where you want to see or the college you want to go to, if they're attending, like you want to go at those tournaments and you want to be mm-hmm. in a club that, you know, gets good exposure and will be in front of those college coaches and performing well. Yeah, that definitely like the, mm-hmm. around the eighth grade, mm-hmm. that age is when you should start, you know, taking it seriously and start getting recruited. So you're just like, I liked how you touched on um, starting in eighth grade, um, kind of get an idea on where you want to go. Um, and, and what would you say to, uh, say a, a player that might be listening to this podcast? Uh, you know, if they, if they aren't able to, um, maybe, uh, find a, a travel team, uh, say they're playing, uh, JV or varsity, uh, you know, what, what would you say, uh, or what would your advice be to them if they don't have those resources resources? So if you don't have those resources, I think just, you know, if you are only playing on, you know, JV and varsity, then have somebody, have your mom, have your dad, have your grandma and grandpa, have somebody record you while you're, you know, while you're playing and make yourself an own, your own highlight film. You know, it's, it's pretty easy. Seventh and eighth graders now are really good with technology. So I'm pretty sure they could fill, figure out how to put, you know, clips together, you know, take it into your own hands. You know, you don't have to have the biggest, you know, you don't have to be on the best club team. You don't have to have, you know, to, you don't have to be a part of the best high school team, you know, as long as you're working hard and like working on your own, 
I think that that's pretty good. And you just take it into your own hands and, you know, get the exposure, you know, get yourself your own exposure. Okay. So you, you following team, uh, U19 worlds, uh, you, you move on to lady rock, um, which is located in Rochester. Uh, um, really, really, uh, good program, good travel team. Um, what, what did that experience give you and, and how did that, uh, kind of set you up for, uh, uh, you know, getting to playing high school lacrosse? So playing for lady rock, I think just really motivated me because I got to see some of the girls who, you know, who was, who I was on a team with and who were already committed or who already knew they were going to commit within the next year. And, you know, I kind of had no idea going into it. Cause like I said, I was, you know, late in the recruiting process. So, you know, going to practices like every day just really motivated me and wanted, you know, I really wanted to just, you know, commit to a college. I really wanted to get that exposure and like have colleges notice me. And I, I you know, I wanted to be on their radar so Lady Rock really helped me and, you know, playing against some of like the best players, you know, in Western New York just like made me want to be better. And I took that to my high school team and, you know, my sophomore and junior and senior year were, you know, one of the best, you know, the best I played throughout all my um, years on varsity. So it definitely motivated me more than anything and made me more competitive. Okay. So, so just to, to give everybody an idea of your, uh, you know, your, your varsity career, which started in eighth grade, correct? Yes. Okay. So you're, you're on, you're on varsity eighth, uh, ninth grade. Um, what would you say that experience was compared to, um, you know, playing Lady Rock, uh, your 10th grade year. And then, and then, like you said, playing varsity, uh, finishing out your varsity career, 10th, 11th and 12th, kind of what were the differences? So it's actually a funny story, and I wish I can kick myself in the butt now. <laughs> but when I was younger, so I played JV in seventh grade and then played varsity in eighth grade. And when, you know, when I was going to go try for JV, I didn't want to. My mom was forcing me to. You know, she was like, I know you, you don't belong in modified. I know you can play for JV. So, like, mm-hmm. you're going to go try out for them. <laughs> and I just remember not wanting to do it because I wanted to be with my friends. Probably seeing your potential. Yeah, she right? saw my potential. And, you know, I more I just wanted to be with my friends. You know, I was a big, you know, didn't want to be left out. And all my friends were going to be unmodified. So I just remember, like, not wanting to be on JV. But, you know, I ended up making it. I ended up really liking JV. And then the next year, they wanted, they told, the coaches told me they wanted to pull me up to varsity. And they said they'd see all my tryouts were going. And I remember saying, okay, I don't, you know, I made all my friends on JV. Like, I don't want to leave them. Like, you know, and it, thinking of the varsity was just like scary and intimidating for me. And I didn't like think of it as a challenge because I was just so young and immature. And I remember in tryouts, I was just mm-hmm. being a little, brat and i was with arian stevens at the time and she was we were like we were doing a shooting uh-huh. shuttle or something and we we're like i was like watch i don't want to make varsity so i'm just gonna drop this ball and like i would drop the ball on purpose and she always <laughs> she'll always remind me of that story so you know it's it's always funny looking back on it i end up making varsity but you know i was just immature yeah. and you know not as motivated as i probably should have been but um yeah i wish i could totally kick myself in the butt now but you know, it was just eighth grade. I was going on to a team with a bunch of studs and, you know, I, you know, on JV, I was a pretty, you know, a pretty good player. And then once I got to varsity, I wasn't, you know, that big of a player. I was more of like a role player and I did Mm -hmm. my job. 
because I yeah. was and I was so young. Yeah. So that was more that was my eighth grade year in varsity. And then um, my freshman year was kind of, you know, a little bit of the same thing. I got a little bit more confidence, but it wasn't like totally there. We won the sectional mm-hmm. championship that year. So it was really cool to be a part of that, you know, experience that feeling because once you get that feeling, you know, you want to keep mm-hmm. feeling it each year. So that's just, yeah, that's just how I was feeling. And then mm-hmm. as, you know, then I went to Worlds after my freshman year and I came back just a completely different player. So, you know, once I, once you get that confidence and you have it, like it's kind of, you know, hard to shake. So my, it just kind of took off and like, I just kept building, you know, and getting better and better. And so that was basically the differences between my immature eighth grade self to my more mature and sophomore self. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so like you said, you went you win the, the the section six title in two thousand ten as a freshman. Um, let's fast forward to two thousand fourteen, your senior year. What kind of what was your what was your mindset going into that senior season after uh, you know experiencing that that win in two thousand ten? Uh, you know, as as a freshman, uh, a sophomore, you you start Lady Rock. You know, you you bump your game up even more. Um, you know, your junior year, you 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 find. Um, you know, you're getting better and better. And in your senior year, your last opportunity as a, a high school lacrosse player, kind of, you know, what, what was your mentality then? Yeah. So coming, so we, so that our junior year, we, you know, lost a tough one against Amherst and I remember just losing and feeling, you know, just so, I was so mad and just like so frustrated. So going into my senior year, I was like, there's no way I'm losing this year. There's no way we're mm-hmm. losing. Like we're going to, you know, we're going to win this and I'm not leaving like shore without a, another sectional title. So I, that was always in the back of my head and I wanted to win it, you know, for myself, but not just for mm-hmm. myself, for the, the girls who I grew up with and who were on my team. And I knew that was probably, you know, their last time playing lacrosse because, um, you know, they weren't going to school to play like I was. They were, you know, this was probably their last time playing it. So, you know, thinking, yeah. I remember going into it and just just like, you know, what, I'm going to do this for them. I'm going to do this for us. You know, we grew up together. You know, we've been playing together since we were six or seven years old. So that was that was always in the back of my head. I wanted to win it with them and have it be, you know, our time and, you know, our moment instead of somebody else's, you know, it was, it was our time to win it. So I'm really happy that we did. And it's something I look back on and, you know, I really cherish. Okay. Uh, you know, so you, you, you win the sectional title in 2014. Uh, it's, a, a it's a, a very, uh, successful, um, ending to your, your senior, uh, senior year in high school, your, your high school career. Um, and then you, you come to find out you, you, get selected as first team all Western New York. Uh, and then you were selected as a high school all American on top of that. Um, so I, I know you had mentioned me before about uh, the, the story. Um, would you be able to, to tell us that story again uh, and how you were uh, selected and how you uh, found out? My mom. So my mom <laughs> calls me and she never, she, I was in class, so I didn't answer and she calls me again and I, I go outside and I answer a phone call because it has to be very important and I barely get to say hello and she goes are you sitting down <laughs> I go no yeah I'm sitting down like what's up and she goes no but are you really <laughs> sitting down I go yes mom I am and she goes okay and she takes about five more seconds to tell me and I go what and she says you've been selected as high school American and I go okay 
well, okay, so when do I play? When's the tournament? And she goes, what? No, that's not, you don't play. It's, it's an honor. Like that's, it's awesome. It's an honor. And I'm just, I was thinking, it's like, oh, okay. So I don't play anywhere. Like that's dumb. Okay. Whatever. And she goes, Allie, like, this is awesome. Like, this is so awesome for you. And I, I just remember thinking like, wow, like, okay, that is, it is cool. And but I just really thought mm-hmm. I could play in like an all-star game or something. Like that's what I was really excited for, but it was just an honor, you know, and it, and it was a great one. So, yeah. and I think it just really meant a lot to yeah. her because, you know, she was one and she was just very proud of me and, you know, very excited for me. So. Okay. So, um, so what was your, so following all those awards, all those accolades, um, you cap your career off. Um, can you kind of go tell or tell us a story on, um, you know, how your, your recruitment ended up, um, uh, finishing up and, and you know, kind of what school you chose and, and, uh, you know, how that process went. Yeah. So going into, um, my senior year. So that summer, my senior year was my last time playing with Lady Rock. And it was also my second world cup, um, in Oshawa, Ontario is the 2017 women's world cup. So it was my second one. And this was on the women's team now instead. And I was Mm -hmm. 17 at the time. And, um, I had a couple offers from schools, but I wanted to, you know, wait, wait till until after the tournament was over because you know a lot of um coaches are play on usa and i what you know was hoping to get you know like a little bit more exposure and you know hopefully like get on their radar by playing in the tournament Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to wait until after it was over and in the meantime Mm -hmm. like like top two colleges that i was looking at you know filled up their classes at while i you know asked them to wait and you know that was you know my fault because you know i didn't i just Mm -hmm. you know it was i just really wanted to wait and you know, they did wanted to fill their class, which I totally understand. So going, so after the tournament was over, Look at all your options, yeah, exactly. Right? So after the tournament was over, you know, I didn't, I felt like kind of lost for a second because I was like, what am I going to do? You know, I don't have any colleges. I don't have anything anymore. Like, where am I going to go? Like, what am I going to do? And, um, then I just started thinking like, okay, what if I can just get into a school, you know, I can just get, if I can get into the school and walk on, like, I know I can do that anywhere. I know I can, you know, I have confidence in myself that the colleges that I chose get into the school and walk on. So that was kind of my plan after that, after not, you know, receiving a spot in their class. And Albany reached out to me and basically their assistant coach, Mm -hmm. you know, she really was really awesome to me. She was really nice. Like, just really like could tell she cared about me. And she ended up telling me like, okay, we don't, you know, we don't have, um, anything open for you but if you were to walk on here and if you were to get into the school then you're, you're always you're you'll already have a spot on the team so I, that was just like my game plan from then on I was like okay I'm gonna go to Albany then and walk on or just you know walk on and like just get a spot and you know work you know hopefully like work my way into getting a scholarship okay and but then she ended up emailing me and said you know I pushed for you and I got our coach to you know agree to give you some scholarship money so you have a spot in our class and you know I was just super ecstatic and happy that I was able to you know to be given that opportunity and you know to be given a chance to you know show them what I had so I ended up signing my NLI with Albany National Letter of Intent, and that was in February of my senior year. So I really, you know, I started late, started my sophomore year of high school, and then didn't really sign until February of my senior year. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, girls now are like worried if they're not committed by, you know, their junior year or their sophomore year, you know, like. Yeah, I turned out mm-hmm. just fine. So, <laughs> you know, it's absolutely 
Yeah. You know, like, don't, you know, don't compare your journey to everybody else's is like, was my big thing too. It was like, you know, I'm not like everybody else and, you know, everybody else has different opportunities than I do. So, you know, take what you got and you roll with it. Very good advice. Very good advice. Okay. So you, you get accepted to, to UAlbany. Um, you get to school, you, you start fall ball, um, you know, kind of, kind of tell us that, that story of, you know, kind of your acclimation to the school and, uh, you know, to the, to the different level of play. And, you know, if, if you can mention the, uh, differences from high school to, to college, uh, you know, lifting and just all the new aspects of, of college athletics. Yeah, totally. So, so in high school, really, like, you know, I just had, a, I think I just had a lot of natural talent and I didn't have to put in that much work. And, you know, I, th- I think it's like really funny when a lot of people are like, oh, I was a high school American. But when you go to school, you're getting thrown into a bunch, you know, you're getting thrown into a pool with a bunch of all Americans. You know, no one, you know, no one cares about it. So that and that's what you have to that's what I want, like a lot of girls to realize, like, yes, like you are a stud here. But when you go to school, you have to compete for your spot because you're not just going to be given it. And that's what you know, that's what I had to learn. And so when I went to college, it was just a huge wake up call with everything classes you know you choose when to go (laughs) no one's gonna tell you you know like oh you know you weren't there today you you know your professor doesn't know Mm -hmm. that you're in a class with like 100 other kids so you're you get there you have your classes you have your lifts you have your two and a half three hour practices and then you have you know your downtime which you know you used to study and you used to get ready for the next day and it's like the same thing all over again but you know when I got to school and I started, tra- you know, I started working out and having our first lift. I, my, I remember the trainer coming up to me and she was like, so you're really weak. <laughs> She's like, and we'll, we'll work on it, but you are like at the bottom of your class basically. And I remember talking to a lot of the girls in my class before and they're like, oh yeah, my personal trainer was having me do this and that. And I was like a personal trainer, like, you know, and they, and they go to like all these gyms, you know, that get them ready for, you know, this type of commitment. And I didn't have that. I, you know, I got sent a workout packet, you know, we all did. And yeah. but I didn't know half the things I was, you know, that was mm-hmm. on it. I didn't know like what a RDL was. Yep. I didn't know what a hand clean was. Like I, I had to look that all up on like YouTube and stuff or ask the trainers at the CCC and have them like try and mm-hmm. show me because I didn't, yeah. you know, have that, you know, had, I didn't have those resources mm-hmm. that they did. So, you know, I definitely probably was a step behind some of them. Yeah when it came to, you know, strength and conditioning wise, but that's like something I definitely had to realize after a while. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I really need to, you know, put in like the work with my strength and conditioning and not just, you know, playing with my stick all the time. I have to like start lifting weights. I have to, um, you know, start conditioning and, you know, getting faster and like be able to keep up with, you know, my team. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, definitely college was, a wake up call. And after fall ball was like, I remember just being completely mm-hmm. like drained, completely like dead after our practices because, you know, we had pra- <laughs> or so we would have practices from 10 to one every day. And then we'd have to go to class right after that. And then, you know, you have to find time to eat in between. And I just remember just being completely exhausted in the fall because it was like, you know, mm-hmm. so hot out. And you're just so tired from everything and you're just aching because you're like, you know, you're getting bumped all over by D1 girls. And I remember my arms were had so many bruises all over them after like the first month of being there. So 
it was it was a lot but honestly like I look back on it now and I would go through a foul ball all over again it was hard but it was definitely one of the most rewarding experiences at the end of it absolutely absolutely yeah I, I can I can attest to that being uh you know I got to Herkimer and and you're kind of getting acclimated to the school um and you know fall ball is is it's tough it's it's really your first introduction to what college life is going to be like and sometimes it's an eye-opener but you know looking back on it like you need to go through that that tough process or, or those experiences you know in order to uh you obviously get better but just appreciate your college experience that much more yes exactly okay so you you were able to um compete for two years at UAlbany. Uh, well, first of all, what, what was your major when you got to UAlbany? It was business administration. Okay. Uh, so you get to UAlbany, you, you're able to compete for two seasons. Uh, um, kind of what was the uh, uh, change that happened for you? Uh, you know, what uh, helped you uh, go in a different direction um, school-wise? So... You know, I loved Albany as, you know, it was, I think it was perfect for me at the time. It was, you know, not huge Mm -hmm. or not too big. And, you know, it wasn't like that small. And I really loved Mm -hmm. the people there. I loved my team. You know, they were awesome. But it was, it wasn't really a school. It wasn't really like a school decision where I just, you know, it felt like I wasn't getting like, you know, it wasn't that I wasn't getting educated enough. I just started falling out of love with lacrosse and, it was really hard for me because, you know, mm-hmm. it was something that I felt like shaped and defined who I was for the longest time. So, you know, without it, I really like was just struggling like mentally and emotionally. And I didn't like I didn't know what to do because, you know, I loved this game for so long and I just like started falling out of love with it. And it was like it, I don't know, it was it was just a lot. And I remember going into my um, sophomore year, the spring, and I remember telling my calling my mom after one of our practices. And I just like started crying and telling her like, I don't want to be here anymore. I, I don't, I hate lacrosse right now. Like my coach is, you know, making me just like hate it. And like, I know that this isn't how I should feel like lacrosse is supposed to be a medicine game, you know, it's supposed to make you feel good. And it's not, you know, it's not making me feel that way. So that was like, just like my biggest, you know, red flag. I was like, okay, like you need to figure something else out here because it's, it's something, I don't know. It's just something different. And so I had to realize that it's not working for you right now. Yeah. It wasn't working for me. And so I remember telling my mom, okay, I need to, I was like, I'm just going to wait until the end of my sophomore year and then I'll make my decision. And she said, okay. And I just remember just feeling really homesick and, you know, just sad. And I hated feeling that way. And then the end of the season came and I just, I, we had, I remember we played our last game at Stony Brook and it was our only chance to get like, you know, clinch a spot in the tournament and we lost in overtime. And it was just like, it was just really sad. Like I was so sad that it was mm-hmm. over, but at the same time I was so happy because we didn't have to play lacrosse anymore. And I just like, hated feeling that way. So, you know, my coach was a lot, had a lot to do with it. And like, I'm not going to speak badly about him because, you know, he really did teach me a lot, but it, I just think it was just like the coaching staff that really, mm-hmm. I really, that really made me like fall out of love. And so I just knew I needed to change and whether that was with lacrosse or without it, like I just had to like get to a different school and get closer to home. And, Mm -hmm. um, obviously Syracuse was like, 
my number one choice just because one, it's only two and a half hours away from home. And two, they had the Haudenosaunee mm-hmm. Promise Scholarship. So, you know, it, I'd be going to school for free. And it was kind of like a no brainer for me. And I was just kind of like at the time I was like, you know, if, you know, mm-hmm. Gary doesn't want me, then it's fine. Like I, I'll be fine without playing lacrosse. But, you know, word got okay. back to him that I was transferring and, you know, he, we, I got a hold of him and we started talking and he said he'd love to have me. So, you know, we ended up working out, you know, mm-hmm. everything worked, everything happens for a reason. And it, you know, it led me to where I am today. So I'm very thankful for, you know, everything that I went through, but yeah, so transfer, it was transferring was a tough, not a, not, not that tough of a process, mm-hmm. but I had to get my release, which took a little while because, you know, my coach, you know, was, didn't really want me to leave and it took a little bit more convincing mm-hmm. for me to, for him to give it to me. And he eventually did. And by that time, like it was kind of too late to apply to Syracuse because I missed a deadline and to get the scholarship. So I ended up waiting and missed the fall of my junior year Mm -hmm. and ended up transferring in the spring. And I remember I only I got the call that I got accepted and I had practice two days after that and I had to move in the next day. So it was just like within three days, like my life really got like turned upside down. And I, you know, I was back to being a collegiate athlete after being off for a semester. So it was definitely just a whirlwind and it was it was a a whirlwind of experience and, you know, something I look back on now and just I'm just really thankful for it that I made the decision to leave. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you, you were able to, to touch on that and, and touch on that, that part of your, your story is, uh, uh, and I think it's important because for, for younger, uh, you know, listeners who may be in high school or, or, or maybe at, they're at a school now and they're maybe, they're just, they're just not happy. Like it, it's okay if, if it's maybe not the best fit, you know, there's, yeah. there's other schools out there. There's other programs, you know? Yeah. And that's, an, that's another thing too, that I was thinking, I was, I remember thinking like, okay, like everyone's going to think I quit or I failed because Mm -hmm. I'm transferring. And I just had to tell myself, you know, don't think like that. Like, don't think of what everybody else has to think. Cause it's so easy to, you know, to like, oh, what if this person says this? Cause you know, I think of it all the time and I just have to tell myself, you know what, you're doing this for you. This is like your experience. This isn't their experience. This is, you know, this is for you. And you know, that's all that should matter. Like, it's not even not even your mom or your dad, like, this is your college experience. And this is something like, you know, you're gonna, you should look back on, you know, you know, cherish like the times that you had. And at the time, I was like, looking back, and I was like, I've just been miserable for, you know, this past, like, playing lacrosse, like, I don't want to be miserable, you know, I want to say these were the best four years of my life. So I Mm -hmm. made that decision to leave. And, you know, you just have to do, you know, if you are listening, and you are struggling like with where to go or whatever, you know, or if you want to leave, like do whatever makes you happy and don't think of what anybody else has to say about it. Like just really just do whatever you feel is right. Cause that's what I ended up having to do. You know, my mom didn't want me to transfer. She thought I was, you know, being like overly emotional and like just sensitive and wanted to be home. And eventually she just realized, you know, like I just wasn't happy. And I knew that in the beginning that took my mom and dad a while, a while to realize that as well. So, you know, just do whatever makes you happy. That's always just, it's helped me out so much. Yes, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, okay, so you you successfully transfer from uh, UAlbany. Uh, you get to Syracuse University. Uh, you're playing for Coach Gary Gate. Uh, kind of what what was that experience like getting to Syracuse and, and being in that that uh, atmosphere that that is Q's, you know, with the, you know, getting to play in the dome and, uh, you know, the the facilities you get to have and, uh, you know, your sponsorship with Nike and, and you know, um, kind of what what was that? Uh, what did that do for your confidence and, and for your own game? 
I just felt very fortunate and just like the luckiest girl in the world to be able to have a you know chance to play at Syracuse University and you know getting to you know step on the field where a lot of the people who I looked up to played on and it was just it really is like a different experience and if you you know if you ever get the chance to play in the dome like you you know what I'm talking about it's really something that you know it's kind of hard to put into words the, the facilities like the people you know the coaches like it, it just felt like a completely like different experience than Albany was and like I said, I'm not going to discredit Albany at all because I really did like enjoy my time there. But Syracuse was just like completely different. You know, at Albany, it wasn't really a big sports school or, you know, they weren't really known for their sports. They're up and coming. And mm-hmm. Syracuse, like they are known for their basketball team, you know, their football team, their men's lacrosse team, their girls lacrosse team, like everything. So, you know, getting to be a part of like that, mm-hmm. you know, those, you know, an athlete there. And, you know, being known as an athlete there was just like really cool, Mm -hmm. I thought. And, you know, all the athletes, they they walk around and, you know, their apparel and everyone knows you're an athlete. And I don't know, it's just like a different feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure like it's like that everywhere, you know, not just Syracuse, you know, like you said, like you went to Herkimer and I'm pretty sure like, oh, like those are the lacrosse boys, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like you're, you're just at a different level than everybody else is. And that's just like a really cool feeling, I think. Yeah, you know, Syracuse was awesome. Okay, so... If you can talk about uh, kind of getting into the the you know the the Syracuse type of offense and what kind of uh, coach Gary was because you 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 leave Albany your uh, your the spring your sophomore year um, your your you take off the fall semester of your junior year and you get to Syracuse uh, your spring season or the your the spring of your Junior year, spring of junior you, year, yeah. you begin. You step right in. Uh, you know what? What was that like? Uh, uh, getting, getting to play at, under get Coach Gary Gate. Yeah. So at Albany, it was a lot more structured, and you know, kind of like you know, you had to do things a certain way, and you just kind of had to stay within like the offense that was provided. Whereas, like when you come to when I came to Syracuse, it was kind of like free reign. You know, we had a lot of we were allowed to do like creative Mm -hmm. things that was, it was encouraged, you know, he wanted to see stuff like that. Like he would teach you to do shots like that, you know, and I never had that really before at Albany. So when I came to Syracuse, it was just like, it was completely different. And I was at first like very timid going in just because, you know, at Albany, I kind of, I basically just really scared to make mistakes and it made me like me as a player, just, you know, not as confident as I used to be. And I wasn't, there's was just certain things that I wasn't as comfortable with. So when going to Syracuse, you know, it was, you know, I didn't get yelled at every time, like I dropped the ball, it, you know, it's kind of just like turn the page, you know, go to the, you know, make the next play, you know, make up for it in the next time. And that was a mentality I kind of had to adopt going from Syracuse. And I had to, you know, make it fast because we, our game was three weeks away. Okay, so you get acquainted with uh, um, Syracuse's offensive system and kind of their team mentality your junior year. Uh, you, you step right in. You, you do very well. You uh, um, compete and, and you, uh, you know, help the team out. Uh, so going into your senior year, uh, kind of what was your mentality and, and what was your goals, um, you know, as a team or and maybe individually? Um, yeah, so – the past year we lost first round in the tournament and obviously that stings another reason why when I chose Syracuse and I was deciding to play lacrosse I wanted to make a final four like that was you know something I've always dreamed of ever since I was a little girl you know I'm pretty sure every girl dreams of that and I just wanted to make into the tournament 
And so that was mm-hmm. like our biggest goal is, you know, we want to get mm-hmm. out of past the first round. We want to make into the tournament this year. You know, we want to compete. And that was our mentality going into it. So I just like, we were all, you know, very focused, you know, very trying to f- figure everything out. We were seniors at the time and, you know, Syracuse is just like a very hardworking program, I think in general. So, you know, a lot of like the, the team buys in and, you know, they all work hard. Everybody does their part. So that's, I was just trying to do, you know, the same thing. I was just trying to, you know, do my part and help contribute the best way I can. And that was just like working hard in the off season, giving it my all my senior year. Cause that was the last time I was, you know, ever going to be able to you know put on a Syracuse uniform. Mm-hmm. And it was very bittersweet. Okay. Uh, so you, you, you do very well. You, you conclude your career at Syracuse university, um, as, as a college athlete, um, kind of what was your what was your next step because I know following your your senior year it was kind of a whirlwind uh um you know yeah. k- kind of go through uh, what happened okay so well going into my senior year I just came off my third world cup which was in England um it was a 2017 women's world cup and that was with team Canada um after that towards the end of that tournament I got i strained my hamstring and Mm -hmm. it was just, it was really bothering me, but because I was, you know, we were done with the tournament, everything was over with. I really just thought I needed rest. And that's what my trainers were telling me, like, just, you know, rest. And I said, don't really think anything about it. So going into fall ball, it still really didn't bother me. And going into the spring of my senior year, we had a training camp in Florida for a week. And I remember I, we were dodging, we were doing one-on-ones and I went to go dodge and I just fell down completely because I felt my like leg give out and I ended up tearing my hands my tearing my hamstring a little not a lot but a little bit and just enough to like keep me out for two weeks so and our game was our first game was in three so I was rested up you know was getting the PT Mm -hmm. that I needed and then our first game came around I was fine. And then our first couple of games, I was, I felt really good. And then we played Maryland and I remember we were losing and we were trying to come back. And I remember scoring a goal and, you know, like getting really pumped and like super exciting, like, okay, like this will start something, you know, every, and then another, my teammate scored a goal. So I was really excited. And then I went to go dodge on the field and the same exact thing happened. And my leg kind of just like gave, like gave out a little bit. Yep. Same leg. And I had to hop off the field and it ended up being like a grade three tear in my hamstring. And that just kind of really shot my senior year down. I it couldn't, you know, a hamstring tear is just really hard to heal. And in the spring season of my senior year, we had games like back to back. So it was just really hard to, you know, get my time in that I needed. And, you know, it sucked. And looking back on it, you know, it still sucked. It's like really a tough pill to swallow that that's the way my career had to end that I got hurt. But you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. And you know, it, it ended the way it did. Okay, so um, just to kind of to quick rewind in between your junior and senior year, um, you were uh, getting ready to prepare for the Women's World Lacrosse Championships that were being held in England uh, the summer of 2017. Uh, can you kind of tell the story of how you or what team you were selected for and, and how that came about? Yeah, so I competed in the 2017 World Cup with Team Canada. So I obviously made the jump from Team Hidden Shoni to Team Canada. And um, it was an easy decision. It really wasn't. It was probably something I sat on for about a year. And or when it came down to it, what really like held me back from just like, mm-hmm. you know, going and playing for Team Canada right away was that I found out that once I 
transfer over my rights or once I transfer to another team, I can't go back to this to the other one I was on. So there was no way I could ever play with Team Honey Nishoni ever again. And that just was really hard for me because, you know, I thought back to when I played in my World Cup with my mom and knowing that, mm-hmm. you know, that will never be the case for me and my daughter because I'll, you know, I'll never get to play. You know what I mean? So it was just really something that I was really thinking about and didn't really know if like I was ready to make that jump. Mm-hmm. But in the end, what really just, you know, pushed me was I just really wanted to play lacrosse. I really, I love the game so much that I would have done anything to play. And, you know, some people don't look at it that way. Some people think, you know, I gave up my rights as, as a Hidinoshoni member. And you know, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as like, I just really love the game so much that I'll play wherever I can. And, you know, I don't look back on that experience as, you know, I wish I didn't do it. I am so happy that I did do it. I, you know, the, the team that we played with was one of the best like Canadian teams yet. And, you know, we gave USA a run and I came out with a silver medal. So I think it was all worth it in the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, so looking back now, um, your experiences in high school, uh, your, your experiences in college, uh, the international level, uh, what would you say was your, your most uh, memorable moment of your career? The 2017 Women's World Cup um, winning a silver medal definitely was the most memorable moment and something I'll always remember forever in my lacrosse career. You know, I played the best lacrosse I've ever played in my life. I was in the best shape I've ever been. And, you know, it was just very, it was, you know, bittersweet, I guess, <laughs> to be to be able to win that medal with them and to win a medal at all was, you know, something I was able to bring back to my family. And, you know, my mom and my grandma Anne were there with me, cheering me and my sister on and, you know, knowing my sister was in the stands watching me and, you know, a lot of the girls on team who I was friends with, you know, they were cheering me on too. And knowing I had that support, like just meant the world to me, you know? So that's definitely my most memorable moment. Okay. Um, So looking back uh, throughout your career, um, all the different success you've had, uh, you know, all the different coaches you've had, um, you know, all the family support you have, uh, kind of what piece of advice would you give to say a younger player that might be listening right now that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe needs that little bit of extra help or, or a point in the right direction, or just a a little bit of uh, advice to help them get to maybe the next level. I would say just staying consistent with, you know, your work ethic, like never let up, never, you know, stop going hard, never stop, you know, working hard in the backyard, never, you know, never taking a drop off or never, you know what I mean? Like just always staying consistent with your hard work, because if you let up, you know, someone out there is working harder than you are. So that was always just like a big thing. And my dad would always, you know, preach to me and tell me that, you know, someone's out there working harder and you're sitting here, you know, doing nothing. (laughs) So that would always help me and get me to where, you know, the place that I knew I wanted to be and just staying consistent with myself and, you know, keeping myself on track just always helped me. And I hope it can help somebody else as well. Well, that will bring episode four to a close. And I can't thank Allie enough for taking time out of her day to be a guest on the Backyard Lacrosse podcast. I always wish her nothing but the best and continued success in her career. You can now listen to this episode and other episodes on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. The Backyard Lacrosse Podcast, as always, can be found on Twitter at Backyard Pod. Our website is backyard-lacrosse-podcast.castos.com. My contact email address is backyardlacrosse2020 at gmail.com. If you want to let me know what you thought about this episode or other episodes of this podcast, 
or you just have a question, just send me an email or reach out on Twitter. All of these links will also be listed in this episode's bio. If you really enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button. Stay tuned for episode 5 coming soon. Until next time, I'm your host, Justin Gill, and we'll talk soon. Thanks.